Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, a fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm K-Muse. And I'm K-Drama Jen. We are super excited to announce that we'll be joining this year's KPSN Podcast Fest. The Podcast Fest is a two-day event featuring K-pop and K-drama podcasters from around the world, getting together for interviews, live discussions, and performances. We'd love to have you join us on July 10th and 11th. The link for the event will be in our show notes. And Jen, know how you can join us every day of the year? I do know. Through our Discord channel, which is one of the perks for our Patreon And if you're on Patreon, you get a free extra podcast every month, the first week of the month, as well as you can come join our Discord server, which we are having so much fun with. I mean, 24-7, people are chatting, we're talking dramas, Asian-themed books, what else, K-pop. I mean, the sky's the limits over there sometimes it's even not asian related but we talk a lot and so we're having so much fun really interacting one-on-one with our fans and i love that all of our fans are starting to create friendships in the group as well so it's like that so has much been fun. the best part is just seeing how um it's it's a community and it's been really neat just to see. I've learned so much from our listeners because they share like, oh, I, I found it here or here's a really interesting article or have you started watching this one? Um, it's been great. And I have to say I have spent way too much time um, at work checking in uh, because <laughs> it's, it's been great, though. It's really wonderful. It has and tempted to watch so many dramas. Uh, So if you want to come join us and have access to us and our other awesome Patreons who are K-drama fans just like you, come join us on Patreon and our link will be in the show notes and we have so much fun. So we would love to have some more people come join us. For sure. Okay, K-Muse, are you ready? Because today we finally are going to get a chance to talk about Vincenzo. Fair warning, we are going to spoil the heck out of this drama. We have so many things to say, and we have all of these things we've been bottling up inside that we want to share. Um, But if you haven't seen the drama and it's going to bother you if there are spoilers, then we recommend go watch the drama and then come on back to listen. Yes, because I... Is it just me? Has this drama seemed like it has lasted forever? Like, I swear we were like, oh, we should totally do a podcast. And it's been like five weeks since then. Yeah. Which is over a month. And I'm like, how long till it's over? (laughs) (laughs) They took that break. So I think that that for sure was part of it. Yeah. But I'm excited that we are finally at the point where we can discuss the whole show because it is over. So let's start. It was a crazy ride. (laughs) Let's start with the reason I think both of us started watching this, mm. Sang Joon Ki. Because, yeah. oh my word, that man is hot. So hot. And a really amazing actor. I mean, just, I, I've I've loved him since, oh goodness, like, um, Sunken Kwan Scandal, and um, uh, Nice Guy, 
and even some of the um, early movies and things that he's done, he's always been such a great actor. And I really think that he nailed it in Vincenzo. I just think he did such a great job. You can see moments where he just completely uh, transforms and it's pretty incredible. It is. And I especially like that it seems he always gets different roles. So he doesn't pigeonhole himself into like just an action role or just a romantic lead or, you know, he really looks for interesting projects. And this is definitely one where he got to expand his acting chops I mean, I definitely am not sure if I've ever seen quite as violent a drama where the lead man gets to stay violent, I guess is a good way of putting it. Um, And he just totally sold me on that he's from the mafia and that he does not necessarily feel guilt or is upset or anything about killing off bad guys or good guys or just people who are his enemies. So what are your thoughts on him? Well, I've always been a big fan of his. Um, I really loved him in this. Um, I was laughing because you said he's not pigeonholed yet. One of his (laughs) co-stars is a pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) That Um, is actually in my show notes for later discussion. (laughs) I have to say, hmm, just a little bit, but I would say like, just, there were some moments that reminded me of his role in Nice Guy where he had the that cold, like, calculating stare, like, devoid of emotion kind of thing. And there were moments here where he sort of just took that on. And, wow, he just, he was amazing. I really, I just really think he's a great actor. And his character was this really... Like not even gray in some ways. Like he was, he was clearly a mobster, um, and his whole background and everything. Like he did really bad things, and whether or not we thought that they were justified, it didn't matter because, um, yeah, just like you said, he he did really bad things and um, didn't mind killing people or doing whatever he needed to do to get his way. I'm thinking it was around like episode 16 or something like they um, the bad guys went and murdered his mother on purpose, you know, just to get at him. And the absolute lack of any emotions in his face other than just like coldness was insane. I was like, oh, he's not killing him. He should just kill him. Blah, blah, blah. They're really stretching this out. Which, I mean, there was some pacing issues. But they were stretching it out. But he followed through and really did make them absolute torture their lives. And make them suffer to the nth degree before he killed them. So, I mean, he really follows through. And it's not one of those shows where it's like, oh, he's going to, like, find the light. And the goodness of being a good person, you know, and all that. No, he doesn't. No. There no. was no redemption arc here built in. Like it was, that was never the intent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to be perfectly honest, I'm a little surprised they didn't do the redemption arc because it is very rare they do not redemption arc the main guy. For sure. You yeah. I have so to say, it was like... definitely a surprise. A pleasant surprise for me, but I know it was a 
negative for other people that are more not as bloodthirsty as we are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you and I are more like, oh, yeah, just go kill him. Just kill him. Kill him. (laughs) You know, I have to say, no, the humanity. (laughs) I think once I realized. So once somebody said to me that it is a dark comedy, I was like, okay. Because when I started watching, I thought it was like supposed to be like just a a more serious revenge drama. Um, And so some of the comedic pieces really threw me off. Um, And like you said, when we watch, like when I watch a revenge drama, I, I like to see revenge. I really do. I really think that, um, I'm not looking for them to to candy coat it. And so this was one of those situations where once I understood the genre, then I was more okay with it. But there were some times in there where I was like, really? Like, we're going to, what? Anyway, we'll talk about those things. Because we do talk about it. And I I do think that it was a dark comedy, but there was still some pacing issues. For sure, yes. We will talk that in just a while. Um, But first, let's talk about our leading lady. Yeah. Uh, Jean Yobin, who we are, I think both of us can agree that she's a new girl crush of ours. For sure. Because we watched that movie recently. Um, what was the movie? <laughs> it was Last um, Day in Paradise mean, or something. Yeah. Something you like mean that. The mobster, it, the mobster movie, right? Yes. And she was brilliant. And you can definitely see her acting qualities in this show as well. Are a little bit overshadowed by some of the cheesier stuff they make her do, but especially by the last, I would say five episodes, she really shines in the show. I agree. What was what was the name of that drama uh, or um, movie? I think because Night in Paradise, Day in Paradise. Oh, it might have been Night in Paradise. Night in Paradise. Yes, we did a we did a podcast on it a couple of yes, weeks ago. It was a, yes, I just checked it. Shows it, you how long our night, attention span is. <laughs> night in paradise. Yes, if you want okay. to go see, and again, that one's kind of a dark. Yeah, I wouldn't even say comedy. It's just dark with a few dark sense of humor moments, but it is a brilliant performance by John Yobin and. You just see all the talent that she has inside of her for different types of roles. And I think this is definitely something that's completely different, but you still see the quality of her performance. I agree. Like you said, there's some pacing problems, but overall, I do think she did well. I think I I like her in more serious roles because she just seemed a little over the top with some of her performance in this particular one, but it was written that way. So it's not her, her fault. And I think if, uh, uh, Tissian had not been so over the top as a bad guy that her being kind of, there just seemed, there was too much in my opinion. I would say it was more for me. It was too much with the The side characters, side characters, and then her. So they kind of blended all together. That sense of, cheesy humor and I think you know that was to the detriment of her character but if you really focus in she gets some really really solid scenes especially when she's in a more serious frame of mind or you know mourning the loss of her father 
who is murdered. I love that they did not make her a goody two-shoes that changed her way. Again, um, I know a lot of people like a more morally white character, but she definitely was morally gray in the beginning. And I would say she was pretty morally gray towards the end, too, you know? <laughs> yeah, She's maybe definitely dark someone who likes winning. And she might change where the battle is, but she likes winning. And she's not afraid of letting the man she loves go murder people because <laughs> they're bad. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, so let's talk about our bad guys. Yes, we had some really good ones. Yeah. So I cannot say his name. Is it is it Tekion? Taesion? What's his name? I thought it was... I, I don't know. <laughs> So, I would say Tekyon, maybe? Okay. Sorry, everyone. All right, um, if this is pronounced poorly, you all know that I am horrible at pronunciation, so... Is it... Is, we, or is it... We're sorry. Tekyon. Tekyon. I don't... I don't have the Hangul even in front of me, so I can't even try. Okay, so... Whatever his name is, we love him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... He started out 2 p.m. and um, in the group 2 p.m. And that's how I first kind of got to, well, first of all, it was Dream High. Then I started listening to 2 p.m. He wasn't a great actor, honestly, back then. He's definitely and... one of those people that has improved. I wouldn't even say he's an amazing actor now, but he has improved so much from when he first began. He, like you said, he's improved a lot, though. I remember he was in Save Me, and I guess I was a little more, like, drawn to um, Udo Juan's character, so I barely remember that he was in that, uh, was in Save Me, but I liked him in Let's Fight Ghost, and so... He's but done this... a couple family dramas that he was really good in, too. Yeah, but this character is so different, and he really blew me away. Like, I thought he did an amazing job with this, because he was so crazy pants, like, I, you, I don't know. He just went nuts. Like, he was crazy. Like, picking up his hockey stick and just bludgeoning somebody and, you know, hearing about all the crazy things that he did as a kid. Wow. Well, he really did portray a sociopath, like, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely just did not have any empathy. He didn't have any, like, guilt or care about anyone else other than himself and they really did a great job portraying that in the show yeah he just well and to be perfectly honest i was a little concerned like the first four or five episodes because he is pretending to be a choosy <laughs> cheesy underling that works at this law firm but really he owns the whole company and he's behind the scenes messing around because he's crazy and he kind of yeah. wants to like mess with people and so i was a little worried because song jun ki is such an amazing actor it's like oh this is going to be a bad matchup you know he's not that yeah. i mean he's not a horrid actor but he's not song jun ki right but he really stood up and stepped up to the plate and the director just was on point with creating this crazy character who just had no impulse control when he wants to kill somebody you yeah. know 
and just how he exploded in anger just randomly. You think he'd find he's fine, and then suddenly he just loses it. Yeah, or like he um, he kind of had the the people that were like um, bootlicking him. He had them in the car and just like took off driving really fast and like he had no regard for other people's safety or lives. He did, yeah, he did a great job. And uh, Kwak Dong Yan, he was, so he played his brother, and, you know, he was, I first saw him in um, Love in the Moonlight, the Park Bogum mm-hmm. show, and he was like the strong, silent type with his, like a, a silent warrior kind of person. But I actually thought he did a very nice job as well. Like, he plays the sort of, like, he keeps trying to outsmart his brother, but he's not quite smart enough to outsmart his brother. Yeah, character. and he has kind of a guy crush on Vincenzo. For sure. definitely yes. evolves, and it's kind of puppy worship, but then he kind of wants, like, Vincenzo to be the type of brother he wishes for. And yes. it's really interesting how the storyteller develops their relationship as uh, he pulls away from his real brother who is a murdering psycho and shifts over to Song Joon Ki's side and kind of learns some kind of loyalty. You know, he he's not a great person, but <laughs> he learns how to kind of try to be a better person by I agree. switching yes. sides. And this writer is really good at writing a layered bad guy to where you kind of care about what happens to them sometimes. And so I know he's done that in um, Chief Kim. He did it in uh, the priest, the hot priest one, Fiery Fire, Priest. Fiery Priest, yes. yeah. Hot and priest. he's done it again Fiery. in this one. And so he definitely has, or the writer definitely has a talent in creating a layered character that he's not the main bad guy that you want dead, but he has a lot of gray and he just needs some direction. And I feel like this was such a great character and probably by far, it's like the biggest standout performance that I wasn't expecting from the drama. Take Jan's character. Is that what you meant? No, uh, the brother. I actually, the brother. brother. Yeah. Okay. And I, um, or Babel brother, (laughs) Babel brother. I think, um, the other, like for me, like kind of one of the true bad guys was, um, Kim Yojin's character, the, um, the lawyer who. She's not even a psychopath. She's just pure evil. She was pure evil. And she was, she was so calculating in her evil. I was really blown away by first of all i do love her as an actress um she was uh the mom in angel eyes and i just loved her and i remember i mean that was what 2014 i know i was gonna say that's a long time ago i mean i guess like six years ago or seven years ago something like that but i just remember her from that because i just i loved her there and then since then she's been in a lot of i mean well actually even before that she was in a ton of things yeah, she's um, a very she has, successful side character actor. For sure. Often like a mom or a, you know, um some sort of a, you know, like you said, part of part of an ensemble cast kind of thing. But in this particular show, I just 
she was a different kind of evil to me because Taekyon was crazy evil, you know? Like he just well, like he just what? didn't feel it and he was it was more the hunt for him. Whereas she was just coldly I need to kill anyone that gets in my way. Yeah. Yes, hers was a cal- cold and calculating evil. His was just crazy pants evil. But I really did think she did a great job as well. Well, and their connection, like, as bad guys was interesting. Because you could see everyone else, like, being slightly greedy or whatever, falling to the wayside. But she was total do or die for this guy. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but oh my word, were they connected in. Yeah, that's very true. And, I mean, she even, like said she'd go to jail for him i mean oh, when they danced together after murdering vincenzo's mother yes that was so creepy i mean it yes. was a wonderfully creepy shot but they were waltzing in joy yeah. after they murdered his mom you know yeah <laughs> just i can't even yeah but you know so many like really memorable scenes which i think is probably one of the things that I'll remember about Vincenzo is just just some really, for example, the Lamborghini scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty amazing. So what about some unexpected standout performances? You talked about the uh, Babel brother, Babel brother, Kwok Dong-yeon. Anyone else that stood out to you? I really liked the International Crime Response Division agent uh, played by Im chul Su. He was kind of the guy that realizes that Vincenzo has entered into the country and he's going undercover as a tenant making pasta. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yes. And I mean, he was so amazing because he ends up being like Vincenzo's fan club president or something. Yes. Yes. Um, he's like, oh gosh, I love totally him. concierge fan club. <laughs> Oh, that's right, concierge. They kept calling him concierge. But it was so funny because he <laughs> had just like this physical comedy that just cracked me up. For example, there was one part where he was trying to like over like um, eavesdrop on a conversation. So he's pretending to walk <laughs> out of the room, but he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and it's just so hilariously like weird. And I'm like, what? are you doing but it, he pulls it off whereas some of yeah. the other um people that live in the thing they're all kind of weird and cheesy but they just don't have that charisma and depth that yes. pulls it off and he has it and i am just a huge <laughs> fan he was so funny uh he reminded me kind of like of like mr bean from yes. british television you know he's got that kind of bumbling goofy kind of side to him but oh my gosh but then he ends up like so he's like suspecting vincenzo all this time and then he ends up really kind of falling for him and seeing like all the good that he can do and things and so he ends up like and then there's an epic hug that was just amazing (laughs) poor vincenzo gets full butt cheeks like in his hands because the guy jumps onto him (laughs) and he has to or carry him around it's just like oh dear heavens it, there's just so many fun moments between those two actors and yeah. it's a very hilarious straight man funny man comedy duo when they're together and they have some great scenes and so 
just now again loved him. So you've seen, you watched Stranger Two, right? Yes. Did you? He was he was uh, So Dong Jae's investigator, in in Stranger Two. Oh. Do you remember him? I don't right offhand. Now I kind of want to go back and watch that show because I kind of love that movie. Um, that was such a good show. But I don't remember him right offhand. But there's so many characters in that kind of show that it's hard to have a standout just because there's so many talented performances. Well, and also, I mean, it's a support role. He was a support. He was a loan shark in Dr. Romantic 2. He was an insurance company employee in Crash Landing on You. He was, like, he's played, um, like, really small parts in other shows. Well, and I hope this kind of gives him a breakout because he really is funny. Yeah, I agree. So humorous. And he he really does capture your eye when he's on screen, when he has something to do. So I really hope he goes for more comedy. He was in Along with the Gods as firefighter number three. (laughs) So, I mean, hey, he's making his way up. That's right. You know, before you know it, he'll be firefighter number two. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I agree with you. I really liked him. All right. Let's chat about the major story arcs and whether or not they worked for us. So first of all, this idea of the money under the building. And basically it, everyone feels like it belongs to them, like it belongs to the tenants. What do you think about that? I was okay with it to begin with because it's like, okay, you know, I thought that this was really going to be a lot more of a story arc than it was turned out to be. The whole premise is that there's billions of dollars in gold underneath this building that a Chinese mobster set it up where only his retina scan will open the door. And for some reason, you know, if he died... So no one else knows about it except Vincenzo, who is like the um, liaison on how to set it up. And this one other guy from, I think he's ended up being an Interpol agent or something like that. And so these two people are the only people know that know that there's billions of dollars under this building. But it's rigged to blow up if they don't get it right. And then I thought that that was going to be a lot more of the story. And then it kind of just dwindled off. Or at least that's how I felt. I mean, they brought it back towards the end. So he got all the money and he could buy his private island and people got money. And but it just never really fully developed. Right. I okay. So I understood this. This made sense that this would be the reason that he's back in Korea. And why he'd be in that building and that kind of thing. But it got really, like, for a while, it was like, wait, didn't they already get what they wanted to get? What? Huh? There were a lot of, to me, that that part got confusing because there was this whole period of time where the tenants were trying to figure out what was there. And yet you find out later that one of them knew all along. Um, It was just a little, little strange. Um... And then they throw in that it's not just money. The real reason why everybody wants whatever's in there is that there's a file that basically is a dossier on, like, everybody who has ever 
been in power or had and all really... the blackmail material and all kinds yes. of stuff. Yes. But and again, so... it ended up just kind of feeling pointless in the end. Yeah. It felt like an unnecessary plot device. Like they brought it back for certain things, but it didn't really. And I don't understand why some Chinese mafia guy would have it so only he could get into it because what happens if he dies? Right. You well, know, we know what happens if he dies because that's what happened. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, luckily, they saved his retina scan. And I was like, what? Like, this is yeah. all so stupid. <laughs> so that particular story arc, not my favorite. I just felt like, okay, where are we going with this? Exactly. And then also, like, all the different people who knew about it, because originally we thought only, like, two people knew about it, and then other people knew about it. And, you know, people that you thought you trusted, suddenly you don't trust. And it's kind of like... But then okay. they end up being trusted again because their overthrow didn't work or whatever, you know. Right. Exactly. Eh, right. It's sloppy. That is probably the sloppiest story arc in the show, if, in my opinion. Agreed. So the second one that seems to go through is Vincenzo was adopted when he was very young and taken to Italy. And that's kind of how he ended up with the mafia and, you know, being raised in Italy and everything. And so he comes back and his mother is in prison and he makes friends kind of with the lawyer that's, um, that is Rep in representing her. his mother. And it seems like his mother was falsely accused of murder and put into prison and then we do learn that she was falsely accused. She has cancer, so she's let out of prison, but she's in, like, a cancer unit, so she's dying. And they eventually reconnect, only to have her murdered. So, oh. it, was, it was really sad. Yeah, this actually, I thought, was, it was really well, well done. done. It was, yeah, and it was powerful. Like, he... Like there's there's there are these scenes where you're not sure if she knows that he's her son and if he knows that she's his mom for well eventually we know that he knows that but they yeah. don't know that the other person knows and and then they end up targeting his mom and you can see how devastated he is but there were some before that happened there were some really beautiful scenes between them and I was just I was really touched I thought they did um, this particular part, I actually thought they did a really good job with. and They did. Um, and you could feel, was... like, the trauma and the healing Ugh. and just, you know, and it then... felt very sincere on how yes. people would react in this situation. And then you can feel him go cold and turn back to his mafia ways and go basically kick rear end so that he can take care of the people who killed his mom. Yeah. Well, and it you was... could see occasional moments where he might have felt slight guilt over what he had done in the past or, well, maybe he's going to clean up and decide to go a different way, but the second his mom dies, that's it. There's yeah. no there's no redemption arc anymore. There's no um, making a new life. It's like, no... I will make them suffer to such a degree that 
you know, it's torture. Yeah. And, and he definitely followed through on that. Yeah. So, speaking of which, the Babel bad guys getting punished. I thought this one was pretty standard. Chable, bad guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was pretty um, standard. But Except for the torture. Well, yeah. We'll talk about the actual what happens to people later on. But the actual setup of the Chable bad guy thing is pretty standard. However, the actors were really great. Such amazing performances from pretty much everyone. And so it really didn't feel as, you know, overdone as I would have said if it was done by somebody else. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it almost felt like, you're right, it was typical Chible kind of, like, what we're used to, except there were enough little twists and enough mm, additional, I don't know, like, grit and and um, violence, I guess. There were enough I was of those just going to say that. I'm like, they, they knocked up the violence by a lot. Because yeah. usually you don't see the bad guy actually bludgeoning someone with a hockey stick till they're bleeding right. and dying. While there's someone, or like, you know, being okay with your underling being blown up. Or, you know, there's a lot of violence that is not normal that you actually see. Because usually if there's like a moment of violence, it's like off screen, oh, that person died, you know. But you see a lot of it on screen, like (laughs) a lot yeah, so I would just definitely say if you're somebody that's, you know, a little bit gets queasy about violence and things, this is not your show. Because they actually do lot. really show it. Yeah. Yeah. And not just the bad guys doing it. And I think that's like that, that to me really stands out to me about this drama is that usually the good guys are not using torture. And that Vincenzo definitely... blows someone up in a room with a bomb. Yes. Yes, As and a he sets up a drill to, like, drill into somebody. For 24 it, hours till they eventually hours. die. As exactly. it punctures their lungs. This like, is, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. shouldn't have killed his mom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, you know, and then, like, he, yeah, um, tortured the, oh, yeah. There were There were things that were really graphic, and... Not what you would typically expect your the leading man to be doing in your in your K drama, but yes, but he did it because he he's a little he's not even really gray he's kind of dark dark he's gray a killer. he's a murderer yeah he is yeah. hot All but right. a murderer <laughs> <laughs> so we have had some major story arcs um and then there were a few things that didn't quite work for us. So tell me, what are some of the ones that didn't work for you? Well, they maybe had this scene. Okay, so I'm a bird lover. I'm, I <laughs> watch birds. I have bird feeders. I try to attract all the birds to my yard. You know, it's like my thing. However, the whole birds coming and saving Vincenzo being, being killed by Italian mafiosos was just like seriously and he was very serious like oh my gosh 
my pet bird just saved me Ig- on was purpose. Was it like Igazi saved me? Yeah. You know, um, you get all the bird seed now. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that they played that very serious when it was all like, are you freaking kidding me? Which, like... but I have to say, in a way, so at that point, I had read that it's supposed to be a dark comedy. And so it allowed me to see that differently. But and there's actually... that extra level of cheese. Yes. On Which that allowed me, though, where to... it jumped the shark. Except that it almost felt like because they were taking it so seriously, it was even funnier. Like that. So I was trying to pull myself out and just just enjoy it because that because when that I was hard that particular scene, my husband walked in and he stood there. And he watched. It, he he was. What are you watching? <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, I mean, come on. He's been feeding the pigeon, so of course, you know, he's gonna get his pigeon friends to come save the day. See, and I think that's the problem. If it had just been like the pigeon suddenly attacks okay i can yeah. handle a pigeon but there was like 50 pigeons that suddenly yeah, descended like it was the birds yeah it was definitely a coordinated you know his Attack. pigeon went and got his friends and they planned it yeah it was a it was a thing yes all right so besides the pigeons anything else that bothered you so there was this one episode and it oh yeah yeah so not all of the aspects upset me. So they had this, it was very much of a side note from the main Babel bad guys thing. And they were going in with this other guy who was a Shable son. And he happened to be gay, which, you know, totally fine. And he was a bad guy who was gay and he would beat his boyfriends. And, you know, again, a gay guy can be a bad guy as well as a straight guy. That's fine. But they had Song Joon-ki go in, kind of catfishing him and making him fall in love with Song Joon-ki. And even that, okay. You know, I don't approve of catfishing or gay baiting, but okay. But then they made the um, gay character like a brainless idiot the second he fell in love, you know. And he was like super cheesy and super stupid and just, and you know, he didn't act like an adult anymore. He was like a little kid and holding on his arms. And so like, Oh, let me love. It was just so uncomfortable it was to a, watch. It was offensive. It I mean, was. like I really think that, that that whole scene and that whole part like especially the way they kind of like get him at the end and he ends up going crazy or whatever and it just it was offensive like yeah um and i think that um they probably no not even probably they really should have thought about that this isn't something especially in korea where it's it's only becoming you know more acceptable to even have people come out and so i just felt like this set things back yeah um in a way that was just i thought it was inappropriate well, although and it like definitely i definitely even took away from the guy being a bad guy because he was such yeah. a you know not yeah. smart person and, and we we lose the lose sight of the fact that he's connected to to um 
why Vincenzo's, Vincenzo's mother's mom, murder. Yeah. Yeah. Got, like, or why, why, actually not the murder, but why she, why she got She went framed. to jail. Yes. Exactly. So and I think. It was just really frustrating. Yeah. And I don't know. That just, right there, it was like, you know what? This is not inclusive. It's not being forward thinking. You're, it's just an unpleasant yeah. episode. Thankfully, yeah. it was just an I, episode. But it was. But it was. It was. And I know. I know some people that it turned them off and they just stopped watching. And so agreed. Um. But, I. But the thing is, overall, I actually really liked the show. So, and it sounds like agreed. I don't buy some of the things that we're bringing up. But oh no, um, no, all around. Let's just say the power of Song Joon Ki is strong with this one. Oh yes, very, very, very strong. Yeah. And so we kind of talked about this. Do we like the violence that the story showed? Was it too much? Too little? Too little? <laughs> Not too little. I'll All right. That. I would say that I am very. If a person's violent, I am more okay with them continuing to be violent for the story. It's not like I want to go see that in real life, but when it's a story narrative, it really bugs me when it's a very violent person who has true trauma, and then they suddenly like to just like, oh, just kidding, look how happy, and he's taking care of kittens and handing out balloons <laughs> to kids. You know, it really bugs <laughs> yeah. me when they suddenly just like, oh, just kidding, the trauma's gone, he's going to have the a happy ever after, and... You know, yeah. his whole mental attitude has changed. I get the... bugged when it's that kind of story. So I found this very refreshing that the the script writer was not making the girl like this big romantic change in his life. And right. he's going to be a better person. He was very... The love of a good woman. That's what changed him, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Or like that the fa her father dying is suddenly going to just change her. It doesn't. Right. Because people don't just change. And so I really appreciated that for once, we saw people just be the people they are the whole time. Yeah, I agree. I don't think... I will say, if I could have rewritten the story, I would make it a regular straight revenge drama. I want to see that drama. Yeah. Without quite... I mean, I, I think Tikyon could still have his kind of over-the-top craziness, and I think that would be great in the revenge drama. But some of the silly, like, dark comedy stuff, I could... It, it's just, it's a different genre um, than what I was imagining. And so in that, you know, in that straight revenge drama, I think that, like, like you said, keeping that violent piece is just fine. Like, <laughs> I'm not, exactly. I don't, I'm well, not upset. I think it was just a pacing problem. Because mm -hmm. I almost stopped watching in the first, what, four episodes because the cheesy humor was so annoying. And especially the lead girls, she was super annoying at the beginning because it was just like eye-rolling cheese coming out of all of these characters. And you had Song Joon-ki playing it really straight. Right. And it was just like a whiplash. And I do think that that definitely settled and a lot of it cleared up in the second half of the show to where it wasn't quite as jarring. But you would have those moments where it was just like, 
oh my word, what are you doing? You know, why are you dancing a shark dance right after you <laughs> won like a, uh, whatever you call it, like a courtroom battle? This yeah. doesn't make sense why yeah, you're acting that way. You know, just things like that were a little like off-putting and took me out of the moment. Right. So it was just yeah. a bit too much of it and just a little bit on the pacing. Also, we had so much just filler, it felt, like of the, um, all of the people that lived in the tenants of the building. Agreed. And there were some good characters. There were some moments that I really enjoyed them. I thought they were funny. I love that they became a mafioso family. That was awesome. That yeah, was awesome. I, I and like that they that. ended yeah. up being like thugs. Of the neighborhood, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I liked that. I just felt we got way, way too much of their story arc. And when it's a 20-episode epi- drama, it's already feeling really long. And I think we could have taken, like, two full episodes of their story arcs and cut it down. And Agreed. maybe gone in at 18 episodes. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with that. Okay, let's talk romance. Did it work for you or not? So I have to say the kiss at the art museum or the art gallery, I thought that was pretty hot. And I was, I was like, okay, all right, I can go for this. But it felt weird. Like that they, uh, not weird, sorry. It felt like I was wondering if they were going to, going to kind of focus on it a little more or if it was going to, you know, go back to the revenge piece um but for me it actually did work the way that they did it because i felt like they slowly developed this relationship that was not it was more it was more like a friendship um uh, the the way it started and you could see and sense that it could be more than that so for me it did work what about you and I like that they definitely left it a little open-ended. Yeah. Like, he's off with his crime family, living on an island he bought with his money. Uh, he says there's a room for her if she wants to come visit. But you get a feeling that it's not going to be a permanent visit. She has things to do, her own life. She's not ready to go just follow him into the middle yeah. of nowhere. You know, in the Caribbean. Absolutely. And it definitely and I, I felt liked like that. they could come with a season two, maybe with some different cast. And who knows what they're going to do in the future. Right. So. It did feel open. It felt like there was potential here for something. But the but kisses she, were hot. They were. Yeah. And But she's somebody who clearly has her own future in mind. And her own, like, I, I thought it was true to her character. And I appreciated that. Agreed. For sure. All right. So let's start talking about all of the deaths in the last oh, episode goodness. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're getting to the end. And the first one who dies is the Babel brother. He's turned sides. His brother finds out and comes after him and uses him as bait. And he the bad evil brother is going to kill Vincenzo with a gun. And instead his Babel brother jumps in front of the gun and ends up dying in his place. 
That was a good scene. Yeah. That death was so noble and like it's like straight out of uh Seiguk. Yes. Know, so good. Yes. It really was. And I loved that it was like it showed his character arc. Like he he was sort of slimy in his own way, kind of like, you know, always sort of like licking up the crumbs from his brother and, you know, and he had done some dishonorable things. Like he tried to kill his brother while they were out hunting, but he messed up and he missed. And, you know, there were all of these things. And so this to me, like I, I was never quite sure wh where he stood because he would kind of flip and go back and forth. This brought it all together for me. I, I really was, thought it was like it was definitely good. one of the I would say my top five favorite scenes of the show. It was really yeah. well done. So, of course, Vincenzo, in true Vincenzo fashion, is murdering the two bad guys because he does not give second chances. Yeah. And the the lawyer lady, he takes her, breaks her feet because oh she she's obsessed with dancing and salsa with dancing and stuff. Yeah, and that's like her weird, quirky thing. And yeah. so he breaks her feet douses her in gasoline and lights her on fire and turns on music that she dances to mm. as she goes up in flames trying to put the fire out. It's like, holy heck, that yeah. is a murder. Yes. yes. I mean, totally deserved because she was a horrible person. But, wow. It was hard to watch. Like that. And some of the other... Well, remember, too, he... He killed the two people that killed the girl's dad. Yes. Um, and that happened earlier. But So we knew um, he was going to kill them. I wasn't yeah. quite expecting it to be so... Torture? Like torturous? Yes. Yeah. I wasn't either. I have to say, like, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, and then, oh my goodness, the big bad guy, um, the Babel brother number one. Yes. Yeah, that that was horrifying. So somehow Vincenzo set him up in this chair with a drill that would go in, what was it, like five centimeters in every hour into his torso. And he was um, set on the chair so he couldn't move at all. He couldn't go forward, backwards. He couldn't do anything except sit there as that drill slowly goes into his torso until eventually it punctures his lungs and he will die gurgling on his own blood so i mean oh God, this is not bad. a quick i'm going to shoot you really fast and avenge my parent it's like no you will go through hell and torture before you die and yes. so it it was not song joon ki is not a perky person <laughs> He's, no like, he definitely Vincenzo gets creative not. when he murders people. Yeah. Vincenzo, not necessarily Song Joon-ki. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. They certainly, I think they got their comeuppance for sure. And it was interesting. It felt very um, back to his mafia roots where the punishment fit the person. Um, yes. But it was, it was, it was also, it was kind of hard to watch, actually. Whew. But again, so, I appreciated that they didn't just be like, oh, no, you can go to jail, you bad person. 
You right. live the rest of your life in jail, you know, because they wouldn't have learned anything. Yeah. They well, wouldn't have and suffered. And they so, definitely did. They yeah, definitely he got suffered. He got his revenge. This was true revenge. He got it. And he so did. And it looks like that's his mindset going forward that he's going to avenge people that are taking advantage of others. It kind of seems like that's his quest going forward, which you know, is there going to be a season two? I don't know. But they set it up where there could be if it happens. Yeah. So, okay. Would yeah. we recommend it? And what is our <laughs> final rating? Okay. I would recommend it. I know we, we picked it apart. But the truth is, so for me, once I really saw it as a dark comedy instead of a true revenge drama, I was I started to enjoy it differently. So I would recommend it, um, especially like talking to um, one of my friends in Korea. She was saying that there were a lot of Koreans who liked it because they felt like it was they were shining a light on some of the shadier things that happen, um, especially connections between like corporations and the government. And so there was sort of a deeper meaning to a lot of this, which I at first overlooked. So I would recommend it, but with a caveat of if you are squeamish at all, um, this is probably not the drama for you because they're, it's very violent. But Sanjun Ki is well worth the opportunity, even if you have to watch clips. The scene where he drives in with the Lamborghini and they get out in their, in their beautiful clothes and they walk into the courtroom, that's worth watching for sure. So I would recommend it. A rating, I because I don't do my drama list, so I don't really... <laughs> I'm not used to like ranking and rating and all that. Eight is coming to mind. I think it's it's quite good. Is it the very best? But no, but I did really, really like it. So eight, and eight and a half, something like that. I also gave it an eight out of ten. So as usual, okay. we are right on point with each other. Perfect. And I also would recommend it. I definitely think go in expecting some cheese because you're going to get some. But it's definitely worth watching. And at least four or five of the characters, their performances were brilliant. Yes. I really, really enjoyed the performances and the director. And it was just a really well done drama all the way around. And so, I, yes, I like yeah. it. I looked forward to it each week. Like, it was a fun watch. And I, I did really enjoy it. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'd recommend it. And it's, boy, he is... Just even if you watch him just for his acting, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Oof. And on that note, thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. You can reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or through our Patreon page. And the links, as always, are in our show notes. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than talking.